Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello and welcome to Sex Talk. I have an opening question for you, Kelsey. Do you know who Cher Height is? Never heard of her. Oh my God. Right. Okay. So yeah, see, that's the age difference between us. Cher Height was a woman who was one of the most groundbreaking sexologists, but you, she's just disappeared to the point where they've just done a film called The Disappearance of Cher Height. And in looking into why we talk about Masters and Johnson, we talk about Kinsey, we never talk about the Height Report. So she wrote the Height Report in 1976, which basically busted the myth that women have orgasms through penetration. So she was brave enough to write this whole big thing with through research with women about why women don't orgasm through penetration. And the world went crazy. They it sold the most that a sex book has ever sold, something like 50 million, which was outrageous back then. Everybody loved her and then men hated her. They hated her so much. And then she had this awful backlash. And her story is quite extraordinary. So I would uh, recommend people to watch that film. But what I found interesting was the producer who was being interviewed about it said she thought she was really open about sex. And we say, you know, it's now 2023. She wrote this book in 1976. And she said that was the first time she had ever said the word clitoris out loud. And she said she'd said the word penis millions of times, but she'd never said the word clitoris out loud. And all the people that she interviewed also, she said everybody was saying clitoris in different ways, like yeah. clitoris, clit, clit, whatever, you know, because no one no one talks about it still. I still don't pretty, know what to say. It's sad, isn't it? Well, I don't know whether it's, I, I say clitoris, but I don't know whether there's a difference between, she said clitoris and she was American actually, so it is clitoris. But I you say, say clitoris, which is terrible. It sounds like a dinosaur. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna change it to clitoris. Clitoris. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Zibi that. Zibi said clitoris, so it must be the the pronunciation of Americans or the people that weren't having a ton of sex until now. Maybe the people that aren't having that much sex, but they're not even having a ton of sex. But but everyone knows the word penis. How come we don't know the word clitoris? I know, and I don't like the spelling of clitoris. Has a lot of different places you could put it. Emphasis. Penis is like <laughs> penis. It's easy, of course. <laughs> Ours is complicated. All right. Of course. Why would they call our bit something easy? Exactly. Okay. Questions. Let's get started with our questions for today. And then don't start with the clitoris. No, no clitorises. Here we go. Plural of a clitoris. (laughs) So many (laughs) clitoris. Okay. 
I'm a recovering alcoholic and up until 49 had never had sex sober. I'm now in a relationship. We've been together for three years and overall, we're both very happy. The problem is we have very different types when it comes to sex. He's adventurous. I'm not since I've been sober. He talked before about how good sex was with his ex-partners. They did anal play and more. I now dread having sex because I think he's bored. I was open to role play after several attempts, which I thought went well. It seems to have died a quick death. I don't mind giving him a BJ, but he says I don't get it right. Last night we were chatting about life's ups and downs, and I asked him if I had disappointed him, and he reluctantly said yes, in bed. I don't want us to split up over this, as I can't see my life without him, but I don't know how to handle it anymore. Mm. Do you want me to go first? You go, because that's a lot. It is a lot. I and, and sadly, we've had quite a few questions lately from people who sort of are basically asking, what do you do if somebody puts you down about sex? And first and foremost, I felt really protective over this woman because I thought, Christ, she's an alcoholic, she's newly sober, and negotiating sex sober is is really difficult. And it's a very different experience. You know, she, of course she's going to be feeling more self-conscious and less adventurous because alcohol lowers inhibitions and all that sort of stuff. So first up, well done. And I think that, you know, above all, her sobriety, sobriety, I'm probably even saying that word, sobriety, sobriety, clitoris, sobriety, is the most important thing, above and beyond the relationship. Because I don't like the way her partner has approached this at all. No person is good or bad in bed. It is all to do with personal taste. And so this is his opinion. This is not fact. There's a very big difference between it all. And as for boasting about sex with other people, oh, for God's sake, it is just disrespectful. It destroys confidence. You know, I'm not surprised she's not being more adventurous. You know, like he's he's squashed her every which way she turns. You know, every time she tries something, he tells her it's wrong. You know, she tries role play. Oh, that's not good enough. Gives him a BJ. That's not good enough. You know, does he give constructive criticism? You know, is there any, or is he just really unkind? That's my initial yeah. reaction for it. Plenty more to say though, but what do you think? I mean, I always think that there's this this line in a relationship between being honest and asking for what you want and being hurtful. And yes. I think it's a really, it's a, a line that we all walk very tightly sometimes. I think sobriety in general, you are basically creating a new way of walking through the world. So what you numbed before, you don't get to numb anymore. What was easy to do when you were drunk is harder to do when you're sober. And I think that's a really important thing. I have a lot of sober people in my family, and it's a big deal to get sober. And I think that that's, it will take you a while if you spent your whole life having sex while, while you were intoxicated. You are going to be a little stiff. You are going to, it's going to feel a little bit brighter and a little more uh, present. And I think that's probably true. I would sit down and say, let's talk about that first, because I am trying my best, but I I overthink things right now because I'm sober and my brain's working while I'm having sex. So it's a whole new thing for me. So you might want to talk to him and say, listen, I hear you. I might seem a little stiff or I might seem a little un, unsure. And that's because I am. But if you love me, why don't we work on this together? Maybe we can do this when it's dark. Maybe we can do things in the shower. Maybe we can take it out of just kind of our typical way of doing it and help me find a new way to enjoy this. It sounds like you're open to doing things. They did anal play and more. I mean, anal play and more sober, you're winning. Okay. Because <laughs> Lord have Christ, mercy. I don't think anyone does anal play. Well, anal, <laughs> anal play maybe, but not anal intercourse. So yeah. 
so much kinder about this. I didn't like this guy at all. I, I just wondered, I think if you want change, somebody to change in bed, the way you do it through encouragement, not through put downs. And I think to tell someone outright they're not a great lover, how do you come back from that? I think it's really cruel. Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I remember my husband telling me, like, you could do better. And I knew I could. I just... That's different, Kelsey. I understand. But here's the thing. There must be something. When she says, I can't live my life without him, that's kind of a big statement. I mean, mm. you must really love this guy. So if he's if he's awful then I can't imagine you not being able to live without him. But so there's something good about him. And so I, what I would need to know is, is it this just around sex? And you are, it's sometimes hard when people write it out. Like, I wonder how he says it. What is his tone when he says like, you know what, to be honest, like in bed, I, I don't love it. That's sweeter than yeah, you yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the question I had. Is he kind when yeah. he says, does he say it kindly? Because, and also does he say, does he give you constructive criticism? Is it like, actually, I don't like, you know, you're no good at BJs and then no specific, you know, would well, actually it'd be great if you did it like this or let me show you. And, you know, there's a big difference between the two. But I think when she, I think that's a great idea to have that conversation. But I think she should also say, listen, you really hurt me when you said yes. you disappointed yes. me in bed. And to be adventurous, I need to feel more confident. And you putting me down is not helping you know and you need to guide me with love not with put downs and and being compared to ex-lovers who are amazing is both cruel and really unhelpful yeah I, I that part I don't like because anybody that you're not with for a long time you had great sex with that's just you have great sex with people that you're not that, in a long that's stupid of yeah. course oh you had a great one night stand obviously mm. Never saw him again, couldn't see him in the night, and you were bombed out of your mind. Of course, that was fun. So I think- <laughs> Exactly. I think I'm sure she, she could say she's had great sex. Oh my gosh, for sure. So I think two things. You have to sit down and say, my feelings are really hurt. And I'm so grateful that we can talk about this because I do want to get better, but we need to change the way we speak about this because it's hurting my feelings. Mm. And I, I, I want to do better but we have to work work on this together. So I'm not mad at you for bringing up what you don't like because I think that's brave. And I need it to be kinder and sweeter. And I need some more clear ideas on what it would look like for it to be enjoyable for you. And then I'm going to share with you what I need from you. Yes. And then I'm going to become a marriage counselor, me. See? <laughs> you might be a great work. marriage counselor. <laughs> your next profession. Yeah. So I think, you know, I hang in there. I, I had hard conversations with my husband about sex and I, I wanted to be different. I just didn't, I didn't know how. And now I'm older and I think I could do it. But I, I remember feeling like I was less than in bed, but I didn't care that much because I was like, sorry, I can't be everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you were just bringing up the kids and everything at the same time. Right. I just worry that she's vulnerable because she's she's sober and it's hard. So, but you, yes. have to, you have to renegotiate the entire world. Yeah, you really do. And that I, I don't even know how long she's been sober. Is it three years or is that? Yeah, I couldn't work it out. She said since there was a longer email. In the email, she together. said she's feeling a bit resentful about this, by the way. Yeah. And I don't I get it. Her. Yeah. You know what? It's time for a big conversation. Mm. A big honest yes. conversation on both sides. Okay. Yeah. Well done. All right. Next question. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My partner uses Viagra to make his erection stronger, and I'm keen to try it. I've read some online stories of women who claim it makes sex feel better, as in they felt like it more. Is it safe? And what should I expect if I do try it? (laughs) The thing about Viagra is it is only licensed for women. But the reason why they haven't licensed it for women is because the research... I mean, it's only for men. Sorry, it's only licensed for men. Yeah, yeah. So it's not licensed for women. Because the, the research says that They've done research and it doesn't really generally improve. The research says that it doesn't improve the experience for women. So it's not harmful for women. You can take it. You'll probably end up with a few side effects like men do, which is, you know, headache, flushing, nausea, um, things like that. But it's safe to take. But the thing is, right, so, so Viagra works by increasing blood flow to the penis. It doesn't create desire. So the difference, so in a 2014 study found that it did the same to women. So it made the blood flow increase to the genitals, which means that the erectile tissue around those areas become also engorged, which means that you've got, uh, you know, your clitoris is bigger, you've got increased lubrication, which is, you know, things that happen to you when arousal occurs. It makes your genitals and your clitoris more sensitive, which means that orgasm is going to be more likely to happen. So basically, it's making in both cases, it, it, in, for your body, what Viagra does is it gives you the same reaction that, that nature would give you if, you if your blood flow was working really well. So it gives you physical readiness, not emotional readiness. So it, can give you, it gives you the body that's ready for sex, but it doesn't mean that you're going to desire sex just because your body's ready for it. On the other hand, there is the argument that if your body's excited, your brain is going to follow. So there is that, if you if you suddenly look down, if you're a man, which is more visible, and you look down and you've got a big stonky erection, you're probably going to think about sex and doing it, right? <laughs> so so it's worth a try in that sense. And also there was there's quite good evidence actually that if you're on antidepressants and you suffer from lower libido because of your medication, it can actually help. So Viagra with, um, anyway, check with your doctor anyway, because the two together might not be good. But in this research study, it did really work well for women who took antidepressants. If you are going to take it, take between 10 and 100 milligrams, depending on your weight and your height. Don't go over that. And just see how you get on. Now, we've talked also about a desired drug called Addy. Do you remember us talking about that? Which is nicknamed oh, yeah. Viagra. And it acts on the brain, not the blood flow, which I think is a good idea because desire starts in the brain. But it's still, it's still, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's got the most unpleasant side effects, makes people feel sick. No better, no more research is done on it. I wondered whether she needed to tackle desire, her desire issues, but I get the feeling, but the way that the, the email is worded, that it just sounds like she's still looking for a bit of a boost. But what I would do if I was looking for a bit of a boost, I wouldn't be taking Viagra. I'd be smoking some weed. Now, we know that weed does increase desire. There are studies to prove this. It's obviously illegal, so I didn't say that out loud. But that's where, where I'd be going. I wouldn't be taking – I've never been tempted to take Viagra. Have you ever taken one? Are you crazy? No. Lots of women I, I have. 
I mean, I, I feel like the job of Viagra is to get blood to a penis and I don't have a penis and I don't need blood there. Mm. I need a lot of other things to help me, but that's not one of them. No, no, it's never occurred to me either. Viagra feels to me as of a performance situation, not a desire situation. Well, it is, but I think people take it because they think it make, it's going to make them... And it's like placebo. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's placebo. They're like, oh, I feel sexier. Like, or maybe you've got more blood in your vagina. I don't know. Mm. I've never been like, ooh, my, my vagina feels really something. Let's have <laughs> sex. No, it doesn't go like that. For a woman, it starts in your head. And then, you ha- you know, it's a mental thing to get turned on. But if suddenly you looked down and you were you started to feel tingly and, and yeah. would you then go, actually, maybe I do feel like sex. I can see why it would help. Yeah, I mean, let us know. I, I actually don't know any woman who's ever taken it that I know of. But we're a little bit younger. We're probably in a, in a decade. Everybody's going to be swallowing it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't reckon they will. I, when it first came out, I knew a few people who did, who took it. Because okay. it was all like, oh, this drug's out. Why should he have it? Why can't we have it? And they did it along with other drugs, I have to say. And and no one really noticed anything, I don't think. Yeah. So Interesting. I think, yeah, right. yeah. Anyway. I agree. Report back. <laughs> Report back. And in the meantime, smoke weed. (laughs) That's our PSA for today. Okay. Last question. I'm a 33-year-old straight woman and in a new relationship. I'm loving this guy out of bed, but not in it. There's nothing wrong with his lovemaking skills, but he is obsessed with my orgasms. When he's giving me oral sex or using his fingers on me, he spends the whole time asking if he's doing it right and whether I'm going to come yet. Needless to say, I often don't want this interruption. When I don't orgasm, I gave up faking a long time ago, he gets paranoid, questions me about what he did wrong, how he can make sure he gets it right the next time. I suppose in one sense, I should be pleased he cares, but it doesn't feel like this is about my pleasure, more about his ego. How can I get him to stop? Do you know how many times lately have we talked about this? God. Like, you know, I mean, and anyone who listens to this show knows that we say hundreds and hundreds of times, it is not the goal of sex. The more you make orgasm the goal of sex, the worse the sex is going to be. It's all about the journey. It's all about the experience. And I spoke to a couple of my sex therapist friends recently, and they said it used to be that it was the men not caring about women having an orgasm because women faked it and they all thought, you know, that they did it through um, intercourse. But now they're just obsessed with it. And I think that it says it's a little bit comes from generosity because I think there is a little bit of, you know, a lot of men want the woman to have a great time and evidence, their idea of evidence is an orgasm. But it's also ego and insecurity. And the more insecure the man, the more important it is that she has the orgasm. Men like to feel accomplished. It's like this testament to their manhood. You know, if they can't do it, they're bad at sex. And studies show that men feel more masculine, say they feel more masculine if they can give her an orgasm. And, you know, it's such a bloody turnoff in so many ways. Number one, it sort of reeks of like this neediness, the constant reassurance. I mean, women look after men all the time. And now during sex, we have to look after them as well. We have to have an orgasm to, to make them feel better about themselves. Well, I think too, what's interesting is a woman can always tell if a man has an orgasm. Mm. He normally comes and you can tell and you can see it, you can feel it. And I think it's um, very hard for men to understand that this is something that we could fake. We can pretend it very well. It, we don't, they don't really know when they have, when we have one or we don't. I mean, sometimes you can feel the contraction, but many times you can't. It's kind mm. of an internal thing. So I think for men who like very clear 
cut like um, experiences. They like to know this. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're black and white goals and they want to see it and they want to, they want to know exactly what happened. So for us, you know, a woman's orgasm is, is very personal and it's very internal and we can't, you can't measure it. We can, they don't know. So I think as this new idea around women deserving pleasure and women being able to have sex that they enjoy has come along with that new way of thinking that we didn't have 50 years ago. It was like the man was the one who was happy and we just laid there. Now that women are coming back and talking about sex more and what they want, now the guys want to do it, want to do it right. And now they're feeling judged because we have, we have spoken that we want it to be good. Mm. And so now they're like, show me how it's good. And then they get overly obsessed with this idea and I, I mean, I dated a guy that it felt like that was like the main, it was like, he wanted it to be done in like three seconds. Oh, go. And I have compassion that because I used to feel that way about when my husband would have sex. I'd be like, let's get this done with. And he'd be like, <laughs> wait a second, can't we have a moment? And I was like, no, I've got five minutes. Let's get this done. And I think it's switching over a little bit to we're switching that gender role and men are going, did you come? Did you come? And I don't Did you like they it? understand that women take longer, don't they? I mean, because they men can come in in like three minutes or whatever. And I, I feel like uh, as much as I think that most men do do it because they're looking for an ego boost themselves or sort of, I think sometimes also there are men that some men use sex, you know, they, the only way they're able to express love is sex. And if that doesn't end well in their idea, you know, is ending well is having an orgasm, then they can become quite paranoid. So, and porn reinforces this. Women in, you know, in porn, they're, they're so overcome, they always have an orgasm. So I think she needs to, first of all, it's a new relationship. So maybe he might just settle down. I think what I would do is I would give him lots of sex compliments, like, you know, I love your body, I love the way you kiss me, I love the way you touch my breasts, and give him a bit of time to get used to you. And then when he is a bit more confident, again, sit him down, say, look, women need a bit of flow, they need to be uninterrupted, we need to, sex is for us is feeling, not thinking, you know, we we need guaranteeing it won't happen is you constantly asking me that you know when it is going to happen and also to emphasize to him that you don't judge the sex session by who orgasms and who doesn't it's an experience and encourage him to look at it the same way to immerse himself to let go not worry about you not to have to you know the best sex is selfish sex when if you if we all just worried about our own orgasms and did what what it took to get us there and then the other person worries about their orgasms and you each communicate what you need, you'd be a lot better off. But just thinking, God, is he enjoying it? Is she enjoying it? Is he enjoying it? Is she enjoying it? It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, agreed. I think it's just the more we go into it as an experience without any goal. Yeah. I think that's, that's especially when you're with someone. I mean, everyone, at least men can masturbate easily. Women can now also due to Tracy's wonderful sex toys and just the ability for us to take care of ourselves. So we can have orgasms without a partner. Mm. That's not what we need. What we need during sex is a connection to a human being that feels real and, and and slow and enjoyable or sexy. The actual end part is not what we what women are going through. We're are going yeah, for. I'm sorry. Almighty. Orgasms last like a minute. They last a minute. We can do all that on our own. What we want is to feel loved and sexy and cared for. So focus on that. Mm. Tell him, focus on how much I feel cared for and safe and I'm willing to try new things. That's what makes sex good for women, not an orgasm. An orgasm we can do in three seconds on our own. Mm. So you're not magical if you give us one. 
Yes, Remember exactly. That. Yes, you're not magical because you don't vibrate. If only men would just vibrate, life would be so much you easier. You could just shake a little faster and a little harder in this one spot. Anyway. Right. Okay. More problems solved. Listen, wonderful. Everybody, don't try to have an orgasm. Try to have a connection and yep. swallow Viagra. And if you do, write us about it if you're a woman. <laughs> not too many though. 100 milligrams, that's it. That's it. Don't go over. <laughs> don't right. go over. Right, bye. Great talking to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.